0: The New York Rangers desperately need to get healthy. We break down the absence of Mika Zibanejad, explain why the Rangers' approach to this game in St. Louis was basically all wrong, and talk about Igor's struggles in a rough 5-2 loss to the Blues. You're Locked On the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. <laughs> Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 981 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, good news and bad news to start off today's episode here. The good news is that it took until the 40th game of the season, just shy of the halfway point. It would have been cool if they got to the halfway point or maybe even a little bit past it. But bottom line, it took 40 games this season for the Rangers to lose three games in a row. That's a remarkable stretch of consistency for basically the entire first half of the regular season uh to date they still have only two losing streaks the entire year um you consider a lot of new faces this year new coach new systems the whole nine yards and obviously the very bitter disappointing ending to last season i think most of us probably all of us would have signed up for a start like that a first half like that in about two seconds if you told us uh, that that was on the table um as far as the bad news though and granted, the Rangers, yes, they were without Mika, they were without Kako, they were without Hedl. And I do think the cracks are starting to show, and uh, the Rangers' lack of depth is being exposed somewhat. There's a lot of teams that really can't sustain three injuries to three key forwards. But uh, regardless, the Rangers, the, the reason they lost this game and the reason why they were basically blown out is... Didn't really have as much to do with those players being out as a lot of, you know, self-inflected wounds. Yeah, give credit to the Blues. They were opportunistic. And, um, you know, that top line of theirs with Cairo and Buchnevich, those guys were on fire. Um, But the Rangers, just a complete inability to defend on the rush. Uh, That's something that's been a problem recently. Uh, They took way too many bad penalties in this game. That's something that I feel like they've... Mostly gotten away from this season, you know. It, it's one of those things that years ago it was like an epidemic with this team, with all the bad penalties. Uh, I don't think that's been too much of an issue this year, but it was certainly an issue in this game. Uh, the fact that they then gave up two power play goals to the worst power play unit in the league, and as I tweeted last night, um, it, it that feels like such a Ranger thing to do. You know that they, they get beat by their former players or they make a very mediocre goalie look like a Vesna candidate. Um, it just feels like when there's something that's kind of set up like big time for the Rangers to succeed, a lot of times it just doesn't go that way. And you're going up against a power play unit that I think had a success rate of under 10% coming into this game. And you let them get two power play goals. You couple that with, Shaky goaltending from Igor Shesterkin and uh, too many bad turnovers as well, or you know, noisy, mist- noisy mistakes as Peter Laviolette likes to call it, and it all adds up to a loss. And uh, like I said, a pretty lopsided loss as well. As far as Mika Zibanejad not being out there, obviously it hurts the Rangers. Uh, I just mentioned the power play goals that the Rangers allowed. Obviously, Mika's a huge, huge part of the, the penalty kill unit. He's out there usually at the start of most power plays that that you know teams get against the Rangers, and if not, he'll be out there certainly in short order. Um, but yeah, it sounds like, you know, for all the beat writers, they were uh, tweeting about this before the game. Sounds like Mika Sabanjad was out there. He was on the bench, um, but didn't do any line rushes and then ultimately, uh, did not dress for this game. It sounds like, uh, he's been under the weather with the flu and obviously keep your fingers crossed that, uh, he can get healthy sooner rather than later. And I was really looking forward to seeing, uh, Mika, Kreider and Cooley all playing together. I mean, the Rangers have to figure out that top line, right wing spot, and you could basically say the same thing. Uh, You know, for the past handful of seasons here, there's been a lot of faces kind of come and go in that spot. And and they're trying and they're giving everybody opportunities. It was about to be Will Cooley's chance. And that would have been very interesting to see how he could have gone. Still looking forward to hopefully seeing that trio as soon as this weekend in the back-to-back against the Capitals. Uh, We'll see how it goes. But, you know, the real kicker here without Mika Zibanejad is that even after the Rangers promoted Jake LeCision, the fact that Mika could not go in this game, that left them with 11 forwards. And that meant they had literally no choice but to go with 11 forwards and seven defensemen for the first time all season. Zach Jones got into the lineup in place of Mika Zibanejad. And one question that I have to propose here, because, and I'm not the only person that kind of threw this out there on social media, um, but there was some worry that Jacob Truba might not be available for this game. My understanding is his wife is pregnant and she's uh, due relatively soon. And it sounds like baby could show up any day. So they didn't know for sure that they were going to have Jacob Truba in this game. And that's all well and good. Totally understand it. You know, family first, and he should be there if he can be there for the birth of his child. But why call up another defenseman? Like, the Rangers went into this game with 12 forwards and eight defensemen on the roster. You already have Zach Jones there. If Trouba is not able to play in this game, and he has to go be with his family and be there for the birth of his child, uh, Zach Jones can step into the lineup. Why are you calling up Matthew Robertson, who is now your eighth defenseman and really – isn't going to play. I mean, you, you run the risk of what happened last night happening because the Rangers, once they were without Mika Zibanejad, well, oh no, now we've only got 11 healthy forwards. We have to go with 11 forwards and seven defensemen. It was just kind of strange that they wouldn't call up a forward, an additional forward, um, you know, for for the situation that ultimately unfolded last night. So that was just a little bit strange. Not that it's like a death sentence. It's not like you can't play one game with 11 forwards and seven defensemen, but I don't think it was ideal. And we haven't seen LaViolette do that all season, 11 forwards and seven D-men. So if the option was there, you know, maybe he would have gone with a 12 forward and only six defensemen. I'm not really sure. But just kind of a curious situation there with the Rangers going with 12 forwards on their roster, but only eight defensemen, including one that you knew wasn't going to play. And I think they actually ended up sending Robertson back down to the Wolfpack before this game started. So why he was called up in the first place, I I, I don't know. It was just kind of a curious situation there. Um, But obviously they go with 11 forwards. That means there's a lot of mixing and matching. And, you know, you're going to have different line combinations throughout the entire night. Uh, For a while, they were going with Kreider, Brodzinski, and Cooley. So it was nice to see Cooley get some time with Kreider. But like I said, not too long ago, uh, I am looking forward to Cooley, you know, hopefully getting a little bit of a chance with Mika Zibanejad and with Chris Kreider, and hopefully as soon as this weekend uh, in the back-to-back against the Capitals. One other thing I want to throw out there as far as uh, the lineup is concerned, I threw out the idea in our last episode of, you know, maybe allowing Brandon Offman to stay with the team, at least until Capo Caco gets back, because uh, my thing is that I felt like the Rangers, the, the secondary scoring just isn't there. And that that's an area of, of weakness for this team right now. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people, they want him to get his seasoning in the AHL and they think that he's a defensive liability. But honestly, with Mika Zabanejad also being in the, out of the lineup last night, I do wonder, like, if they knew that Mika wasn't going to be able to play, if maybe, just maybe, they actually would have had Offman stick around. And I know they play different positions and I get that. But at a certain point... Um, there's just not anywhere close to enough offensive threats when you've got Mika and Kako and he'll all the lineup. I mean, Offman, yeah, you know, there, there were times where he certainly looked like a rookie when he was up and, uh, somebody that needs some more seasoning, but you feel like he's capable of scoring. You're not so sure. I'm not so sure right now if Nick Bonino is capable of scoring a goal, if Barclay Goodrow is capable of scoring a goal. Uh, Johnny Brunzinski's another one had that hot start when he came up Been very quiet ever since then. Um, you know, I get it. Offman does need more seasoning. Um, but I just get the feeling that maybe if they knew that Mika wasn't going to be there, uh, Hoffman would have stuck around at least for one more game. But be that as it may, that honestly, you know, even as I say that, though, that wasn't really the problem in this game because as I mentioned uh, just a couple of minutes ago, biggest problem again, self-inflicted wounds, mistakes, uh, inability to defend against the rush, too many penalties, Igor Shosturkin, not being at the top of his game either. That was the big problem, uh, big problems for the Rangers in this game. And as far as lacision, I mean... He made his season debut, had a team low six minutes and 28 seconds, didn't really do a whole lot. Um, but, you know, J- Jake LeCision being out there for six minutes and 28 seconds, that that was the least of the Rangers' problems in this game. But we're going to keep everything wrong in just a second. Just wanted to uh, address, you know, Mika Zibanejad not being in the lineup. But I would hope that, you know, people that, you know, there are some Mika Zibanejad naysayers out there, and there's some people that say, oh, he's not a number one center. Mika Zibanejad, the Rangers, like, like if he's out for any amount of time, the Rangers are going to really really feel his absence. They're already feeling the absence of some other guys that haven't been there. And Mika Zibanejad, I like Heedle, I like Kako. Mika Zibanejad is just that much more important to this Ranger team than either of the two of them. And that's no disrespect to Hedl or Kako. That's just me knowing and and me watching Mika Zibanejad over the years and just knowing how important uh, he really is to this team. I, I think not having him on the penalty kill certainly hurt. And you know what? If he's out there, the Rangers got a lot of chances. Maybe Mika, you know, the sniper that he is, maybe he's able to finish a couple more of them, and the Rangers end up uh, with more than two goals in this game. But Mika's just a do-it-all center and somebody that they need on the ice. Um, probably best for him to sit this one out if he had the flu and just didn't feel like he could do it. You know what? T- take one step back to, to b- take many steps forward. Um, don't, you know, miss this, or don't try to play in this game While you're sick, make it even worse and then not be available for the entire weekend. Uh, If he needs a day, he needs a day. Um, But obviously, Mika's advantage. I cannot get back in this lineup uh, soon enough for the New York Rangers. We'll keep everything rolling in just a second. We're going to kind of build off of what I just touched on here. Um, The Rangers not doing the little things right on a night where given the players that were out of this lineup, they really, really needed to do the little things right. And they just didn't. And we're going to elaborate on that in just a second. Also talk about Igor uh struggles a little bit later in today's episode. First though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by our good friends at Sleeper. It's almost the halfway point of the season, Ranger fans. They're off to a great start this season. A couple of struggles lately, but you know, overall, I think you certainly have to uh, like what you've seen for the most part from this Ranger team for the first half of the season. But regardless of where the Rangers are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Panarin or Mika or Kreider or Igor will record more or less then there's Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Reindeer fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper, so start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, so we're going to go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Big shout-out to the Everydayers. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. And as I mentioned once or twice already today, uh, the Rangers playing a back-to-back against the Capitals, both games starting at 1 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. And in our next couple episodes, we're going to break down everything that happens in those uh, two games. should be uh, an interesting weekend. It's gut-check time for the Rangers, and that's obviously a great rivalry matchup. These are going to be some hard-nosed hockey games and um, really going to be – a test of the Rangers' medal to to see how they do in this game. But I I did want to talk a little bit about, uh, again, what I thought were a lot of the Rangers' self-inflicted wounds in this game. Again, take nothing away from the Blues. You know, they were opportunistic. They cash in on their scoring opportunities when they were there. But when you're missing three forwards, as the Rangers are, who started the season in the top six, again, Mika, Kako, Hedl, you really, really, really need to... Pay attention to details and just do the little things right. And they just were not able to do that in this game. Uh, Case in point, like I said earlier, a lot of really bad penalties in this game. Uh, to begin with, in the first period, you know, the Rangers, it's 1-1 at this point because they did the Rangers special and they got up one nothing. but then they allowed their opponent to score not too long after that. This one took a little bit longer than usual. It was actually slightly more than two minutes, but uh, still, I would throw that in that category of the Rangers just not being sharp after a goal is scored. Be that as it may, it's 1-1 at this point. And then you've got Nick Bonino. Uh, he's trying to lift the puck out of the Rangers zone. And granted, he was like kind of down on the ice. I think he was down on like one knee when he did this, and he's just trying to make a play here, but... He lifts it up into the air, goes over the glass, delay of game, never a good penalty to take when you're shooting the puck over the glass from your own zone. And um, obviously, you know, putting your team in a tough spot. And it's an even more dangerous situation now because Mika Zibanejad is out of the lineup. He's one of your best penalty killers. And Bonino, he's one of your best penalty killers too. And he just took the penalty. So the two of them not available here. You're down two of your top penalty killing forwards. Uh, they have other good penalty killing forwards do the Rangers, but it's still not an ideal situation. And... You know, the, they put the graphic on the screen, and, and Sam and Joe were talking about it too, that the Blues, again, have the worst power play in the league. And as soon as they said that, I was like, oh, no. Like, here we go. This is going to be, as I said, uh, the ultimate Ringer thing to do would be to give up a power play goal to the worst power play unit in the league. I would have felt better if they said that, like, oh, the Blues, you know, they've got the fourth worst power play in the league or they've got the fifth or sixth worst power play, you know, somewhere in there. As soon as you hear it's the worst power play in the league, it's like, oh, my God, this is not going to be good, is it? And it wasn't. Um, obviously, you know, the Rangers, they, they've really been struggling against the rush, and we're going to talk more about that a little bit later in the episode. But, um, you know, the Blues go flying in on the rush. They gain the zone up the left side. A couple of quick passes, an easy tipping goal for Kyru, uh, two to one in favor of the Blues. A lot of Rangers just kind of drifting on this play, just didn't think they looked very locked in playing defense. And um, not an easy save for Igor on this one, but. We've seen him make saves like this. I, I just didn't think that he got over the left side quick enough. Again, it would have been a really nice save if he made it. I'm not going to kill Igor on this one, but just not good all around. You know, The Rangers just made this way too easy for the Blues uh, to take the lead here, which would ultimately uh, hold up. This would uh, put the Blues on top for good at this point in the game. Then the second period, it was just penalty after penalty after penalty. The Rangers essentially took three straight penalties pretty early in the second period. You've got... Brodzinski with a holding penalty. This didn't have to happen either. This happened uh, in the neutral zone and actually on St. Louis's side of the ice. It was pretty close to the Blues' uh, blue line there. Uh, Brodzinski ends up taking a holding penalty there. Just no real reason for it. Um, and a good kill here by the Rangers. Um, but as soon as it was over, you get a penalty on Barkley Goodrow. He takes an interference penalty. And, you know, could have gone either way on this one. And, and you could say the same thing for the one after this, the Trocheck penalty a couple of these penalties were maybe a little bit ticky-tack. I know a lot of people were pointing out the fact that uh the blues are like 6 and 0 or 7 and 0 when they have these referees and um you know, it, I, I'm not I'm not one for conspiracy theories as far as the referees are concerned, but That definitely gave uh, some fuel to Ranger fans, the fact that all these penalties were getting called against the Rangers. But the bottom line, Goudreau goes off for interference. Rangers actually got a chance shorthanded here. You had Fox and VZ going in together on the rush. VZ ended up taking the shot because the pass to Fox just wasn't there. Uh, The save was made. They weren't able to convert. And the Rangers killed this one off too, so another pretty good kill here. But then, not too long after this, you get the Blues with their Third power play of the second period. And we are not even halfway through the period at this point. Uh, Trocek got called for a hook and Kapanen looked like he may have taken a little bit of a dive here, but be that as it may, again, it's just a penalty that really didn't need to happen. Um, This one I thought was probably the worst call of all of them, but still you're, you're taking penalties. You know, you're you're taking penalties over and over again in a game where you can't afford to do that. Even against a power play unit that uh, typically has not been very good uh, this season. And then, uh, you know, sooner or later, you keep playing with fire. You're gonna get burnt. Uh, you get a face-off win for the Blues, the Rangers. I don't think they ever got a stick on the puck uh, during the shift here. Saad goes across the ice to to Shen. Uh, Shen reaches up and gloves it down. Takes a shot. The save is made. Uh, Shen gets it back. P- sends it back over to to Saad on the other side. Saad shoots. He scores. Uh, three to one in favor of the Blues at that point. And again, gotta do the little things right. You're You're missing all these players. You can't afford to be taking really bad penalties that the one against Bonino was bad. And uh, I thought the whole against Brodzinski, that one certainly didn't need to happen either. The others, I mean, maybe a little bit ticky tack here and there, but you got to find a way to stay out of the penalty box um, on a night where you're probably not going to score as many goals as obviously you'd be able to, if everybody was healthy. Um, so Rangers, you know, they uh, didn't do well in that area. They were also really bad defending the rush. And I give a shout out to Greg on Twitter because, you know, I, I said something about, you know, giving up goals on the rush or something. I don't really remember what I tweeted, but Greg responded to me and uh, basically pointed out that it's even more concerning because that's been the focal point of Ranger practice the last couple of days. The Rangers, they played last night, Thursday night. They hadn't played since Monday before that. So they got some time to work on a couple of things, fine tune a couple of things. And the Rangers, by all accounts, from, you know, all these beat writers there at practice, they were going to work. Um, defensively and specifically defending against a rush. And they just uh, were not good at all in that area in this game. You had the two goals that the Blues scored in the first period, both of them by Kairu, both of them coming off of the rush. Um, we, we talked about how the Rangers got up one nothing. That was on a really nice goal by Adam Fox. And then you've got uh, the Blues scoring on a rush, Butchnevich to Thomas to Kairu. Uh, one-to-one after this goal was scored. This is barely over two minutes after the Rangers had taken the lead, as we mentioned. Uh, we already talked about the power play goal that the Blues scored to make it two-to-one, but that one also came on the rush. So not good, not good at all against the rush uh, for the Rangers in this game. And it wasn't even just the goals that the Blues scored off of the rush. They were getting chances left and right on the rush. There wasn't a whole lot of great defense being played by the Rangers in the neutral zone. I mean, it looked like, you know, the, the highway. The neutral zone was basically a freeway uh, for the Blues to just kind of zip right through it. There just wasn't a ton of resistance there, not a ton of structure uh, from the Rangers. But then, you know, early in the second period, a couple more chances for the Blues on the rush very early in this period. At the start of the second period, the first 10 minutes or so were a disaster for the Rangers. And you're kind of thinking that, like, all right, well, they gave up a couple goals on the rush in the first period. They're going to, like, you know, talk about that in, in the locker room. And, okay, we, we really got to bear down there. We really got to, you know, focus on what we're doing. Find a way to slow these guys down a little bit, and if anything, they were even worse in that area because right at the start of the second period, yet Cairo look Cairo, excuse me, uh, looking for the hat trick. Uh, Igor makes a sliding save to his right. Uh, he also denied Kairu not too long after this off of a pass from Buchnevich. This is probably Igor's best save of the night. Just moving hard to his left and uh, denying the tip-in attempt with a sliding save there. Um, but that wasn't good. And then you know a couple too many turnovers by the Rangers as well. One that stood out for me was Braden Schneider. You know trying to get the puck out of his corner and makes a a short pass to the center of the ice to Vincent Trocek and just misfired. And this uh, was about to lead to a really good chance for the Blues, but Jacob Truba, nice job coming over, uh, picking up his teammate and stopping Kapanen on this play. So um, didn't end up hurting the Rangers, but not a good turnover there. And again, you know, there's just... There's too many turnovers for the Rangers. There, there's too much leaky defense when it comes to defending the rush. And it's just too much of all these little things, the penalties uh, to overcome. Once again, not having uh, so many important players in the lineup, as is the case right now for the Rangers. Uh, you also had, obviously, you know, speaking of goals in the rush, uh, Jordan Cairo ended up scoring on a breakaway to complete the hat trick. We're going to talk about that one a little bit later in today's episode um, when we discuss Igor e Shosturkin. Um But one thing I'll say right now is is it feels like a lot of these goals that Igor Shosturkin is giving up are kind of him getting caught a little bit flat-footed and just not always necessarily being ready for the shot. I've noticed that a little bit recently. Um, It was kind of on display in this game as well. And like I said, I I do think that, um, you know, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll get into that in greater detail a little bit later when we talk about Igor. But uh, again, you know, the focus of this game, and this is something that Steve Valaket talked about after um, it was over, the focus on this game for the Rangers should have been strong, solid team defense. Take the air out of the puck a little bit, play kind of low event hockey if you can. Obviously, the Blues, they've been, they've been feeling it lately. They've they've been kind of rolling, and they, you know, basically they're a team that can can really hurt you off the rush. Um, they're very good with their stretch passes. They showed like a video package of that before the game began on MSG. And they just didn't do it. You'd think they'd want to play a quiet game, but they seemed content to basically just trade rushes up and down the ice with the Blues. And I just don't think that, again, given the Rangers' absences from this lineup, that that was ever going to end well uh, for this team. I just don't think that it was going to result in the Rangers coming out on top. Now, again, they did create chances. They did create scoring chances. I thought that in many instances in this game they got goalied. Uh, you had a sequence in the which period was it? I think it was the say as the second period. Um, Rangers run the power play. Chris Kreider hit the post twice in the span of about seven seconds. Uh, And then Biddington was making other good saves other than that. So one of those nights where the puck just would not go into the net, uh, the Rangers did create chances. They outshot the Blues 42-20. to Um, But obviously, you know, the the combination of uh, giving up too many rushes, making too many mistakes, and uh, getting goalied, not a good combination uh, for the Rangers. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the Struggles of Igor Shosturkin, because after a a really nice five-game stretch that he had, it seems like uh, he is scuffling again uh, recently. So we're talking about that and his performance in this game and uh, just what I think maybe part of the problem could be. We'll get to all that in just a second here. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is scary. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to anybody. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a by licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off of your order. Also, want to mention that LOCKEDON has launched the first ever national sports. 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. So we'll go ahead and keep everything rolling. And I don't know, man, you know, I thought we were kind of out of the woods when it came to Igor Shusterkin. He's obviously had his ups and downs this season and had to miss some time due to an injury. uh, he recently, not that long ago, in fact, had a, a stretch of games, a five-game stretch there where he went 5-0 and and was basically killing it for the Rangers every single night. But on this night, he ends up giving up four goals on just 19 shots. The Rangers outshot the Blues 42-20. to uh, That last shot, by the way, there, the 20th shot was the empty netter, um, which is why the, the numbers are a little bit off there. But um, again, you know, the Rangers got goalied by Bennington. I thought coming into this game that... Offense was going to be the big problem for the Rangers, and and it really wasn't. They created a lot of scoring opportunities. Just a better effort uh, by Jordan Binnington. I I thought that the Rangers were good in the offensive zone, moving the puck around very nicely, uh, creating some traffic and some havoc in front of Binnington. Uh, We mentioned the bad luck that Chris Kreider had not too long ago. So offense wasn't really the problem. I know they ended up with two goals, but uh, they were creating more chances than I thought they might otherwise uh, be able to coming into this game. But I want to point to one of the goals that Igor Shosturkin gave up, and basically explain how it's kind of just summing up, it, it summed up this game for sure, and it's kind of summed up how it's gone for Igor Shosturkin overall over this last handful of games here. So, during Cairo, first of all, again, let's give some credit. He was on fire in this game. Uh, this is basically a Panarin-esque performance from Cairo. one of those nights where you're just feeling it, and you're all over the ice, and you're just making things happen. Uh, I tweeted out, after Kyrou's second goal, that it will be a miracle if the Rangers prevent him from getting a hat trick. And they, of course, were not able to do that. But his third and final goal came on the breakaway. It was all set up by a bad pass from Zach Jones. You know, Jones was in deep on the left side. You know, he, he's trying to make a play. I get it. But, I mean, he's throwing just a hope pass across the ice into the other circle to somebody that really wasn't open. There was a collision uh, the puck never got there. It must have been deflected by Letty because he was credited with an assist after the game. But either way, you know, the the Zach Jones pass misfires. It bounces off the boards, goes in the neutral zone. Jordan Kairu picks it up in stride. An uncontested breakaway. Nobody on the Rangers is anywhere near him. So he's going in alone against Igor Shostakovich. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I had zero, zero hope that Igor was going to make this save here. Um, again, he, he's been very, you know, up and down this season for a while. It felt like he kind of figured things out, but he's struggling lately. Uh, we talked about how the Rangers have struggled on the rush. Well, Igor Shosturkin himself is also struggling on the rush. Uh, I don't think he's really been very good on breakaways this season. I hold my breath on breakaways, you know, and, and that's something that I felt like was a strength of his. Now, nobody's as good as Henrik Lundqvist against the breakaway, right? Let's get that out of the way uh, right here, right now. But Igor, I felt like that used to be a strength of his when he was one-on-one, you know, with the, uh, the puck carrier, he would far more often than not make the save. And now um, it's, he's just not coming up with the saves. And there's been a lot of breakaways where it it looks like he just doesn't really have a chance. And this was a great example of that. And again, Cairo is feeling on this night, give some credit to him, but, he As he's bearing down on Igor, I'm just kind of shaking my head. It's just one of those nights. It's not going to happen for the Rangers. Igor's not having his best night. And I just, again, I had no hope that Igor was going to make this save here. And it's just not a feeling that I'm used to having with Igor Shosturkin. And when you watch Kairou take this shot, I mean, Igor, like, never even reacted to it. He kind of just stood up straight, and the puck was by him, and that was that. Um, and, you know, something else, because because we're getting back to this theme of having to do all the little things right to win when you're playing with so many uh, of your players out of the lineup. Well, one of the big things, one of the big X factors that you could uh, rely on or at least hope to get when you've got so many people out of the lineup is your goalie, especially when you've got a world-class goalie like Igor Shesterkin. You like to think that hopefully he can go out there, make some big-time saves, keep us in this game, maybe even steal the win for us. And again, we're basically halfway through the season. One more game and we're there. And I just don't know how many stolen wins that Igor Shostakhin has so far this season. Now, Obviously, in in some ways, that's a good thing, right? Because it means the Rangers are playing better around him. They're giving him better support this season than in previous years. You know that Vezda season that he had? He was obviously awesome. I mean, it was just a treat to watch this guy play goalie every single night. But there were nights where, I mean, he was was on an island. He had to do everything by himself. So it is good now that his team does seem to support him at least a little bit better. Maybe the last handful of games notwithstanding, especially with all the Rangers' struggles uh, on the rush. But, you know... Igor, you hope that he can, like, steal a game like this for you every once in a while. Just really hasn't been able to do it all that often this season. Again, when you're missing these guys, you hope to get really good goaltending. Rangers didn't get that. It's not all on Igor. I'm not going to, like, say, oh, man, Igor, he, he can't do it anymore. There, it's nothing like that, okay? I do think Igor's best hockey this season is still in front of him. I'll still take him, you know, big game against just about any goalie in this league. But he's not making those those saves, you know, those Excellent highlight reel saves that we saw him do so often uh as recently as two seasons ago with uh you know his Vesna winning uh campaign there. Um, and it feels like and I touched on this very briefly, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago here. It feels like a lot of these goals against Igor are happening because he's not really like ready to make the save, which again sounds like a really strange thing to say. Look, he's human, it can happen to anybody, any goalie in this league. Look, you play long enough, sooner or later, you're going to get caught flat-footed at least once or twice. It's going to happen to even the most laser-focused goalies uh, in this league. But it just feels like there's times where he's getting caught off guard when, when teams shoot the puck against him. He's not really ready. He's not really in position. He's just not anticipating a shot from that spot on the ice or from that player or whatever it might be. Um, the one glaring example of that in this game uh, was, I thought, the first goal that the Blues scored. Um, you know, a couple, of, a couple of passes by the Blues going in on the rush and the pass is made over the right side, and Kairou shoots into the far side of the net, and Igor, again, just kind of looked flat-footed, looked a little bit late getting over there, didn't really seem to sense Kairu. because Igor was looking to his right, because that's where the puck was. But he never really seemed to feel Kairu over there, and even once the puck was heading to Kairu, it, it felt like Igor, for one reason or another, just didn't think that Kairou was going to take the shot. And he did, and he scored. And you would think that, you know, Igor not always necessarily being ready for the shot. That that seems like it should be an easy fix for uh, himself. Jonathan Quick's there with him, right? You, you figure he could maybe help him out there. And obviously, Benoit Allaire, phenomenal goalie coach. I don't know. I mean, am I the only one seeing this? You guys let me know what you think. I just do think there are times. I'm not trying to take all these shots at Igor, but he is struggling a little bit again. And I do think the Rangers need him to be a little bit better uh, going forward, a little bit better in the second half than he was in the first half. But again, it just feels like to me, there's times where he's a little bit flat footed times where he's just not really thinking that the shot is coming. And then it, it does. And it's by him before he can react. So I don't know, just, just some things I've been picking up on. And I've kind of been feeling this way for, you know, a handful of games at different points throughout the season. And I've kind of bit my tongue on it for a while. Cause to me, it's like, well, maybe I'm just seeing something that isn't there or, you know, he'll figure it out soon enough. But we're halfway through, and I, I do think this is something that has kind of hurt Igor this season, is that there's times where you know he's just not ready. He's just a little bit flat-footed. And he had some good saves in this game. Um, Look, Igor still has it in him. He, he still has it in him to be a truly elite goalie in this league. He had that stretch not too long ago where I thought Igor was back. I think a lot of you probably thought Igor was back. Five straight games for Igor Shosturkin, five straight wins for Igor Shosturkin. In that five-game stretch, Igor, in the five games combined, only allowed eight goals, so less than two per game. The four games since then, that 5-0 stretch, uh, Igor has given up four or more goals in three of them. He gave up uh, four in this game. He gave up five in a different game, and he gave up six in a different game. The only game that he didn't give up four or more goals in the last four was the game against the Blackhawks, and the Blackhawks, let's just be real here, not a good hockey team. So I don't know. The 5-0 stretch was awesome. He was beating good teams, making really good saves against uh, teams like you know the Bruins, the Lightning, um the leaves he beat the leaves in there, too, and they've obviously got some firepower, so he's got it in him. You know, Igor can still be an elite goalie, but the consistency just hasn't been there, and like I said, the one thing I'm noticing and, you know, the one thing that really stands out for me is it just feels like there's times where he's just not quite ready. He's just a little bit flat-footed, just a little bit, a little bit late to react to some of these shots, and that's all it takes. I mean, you guys see how hard these guys shoot the puck and how they can just shoot out of nowhere. If you're not absolutely ready to stop, to make a save, uh, you're probably not going to make the save, so yeah, that's where kind of things stand with Igor Sisterkin. Like I said, still believe in him, still think his best hockey is in front of him this season. But, um, you know, and it, it, that's the other thing too. You know, we keep talking about the players out of the lineup. If your goalie struggles and you're down a bunch of players, it stands out that much more. And I, I think that's kind of where we're at right now. But I will say this, um, and LaViolette talked about this after the game a little bit as well. Rangers are going through some adversity lately, 1-3-1 and one in their last five stretches. Uh, LaViolette, you know, obviously he wasn't thrilled about this performance. I, I don't think too many coaches would be. Uh, but he did offer a little bit of a positive spin while he was talking to the reporters. Is that he does like the fact that his team is now having to go through a little bit of adversity because uh, it kind of just battle tests you. You know, you, at some time or another throughout the regular season, it probably is good if you go through a stretch like this. It's not fun losing, and you don't just accept the the losing. But you're you're battling back for some adversity. The Rangers have to you know bring it all back together and figure out a way to get this train back on the track here. Um, and you know something else that I, I kind of thought of when he was mentioning that. Very few times does a team, no matter how good, go through the entire season without any real adversity. And when you think of two of the most uh, prominent examples recently of teams that really didn't face any adversity, it didn't end well for them. Uh, You had the Bruins last season, and you had the Lightning about five years ago, whatever it was at this point. uh, That was a season before they ended up winning their first of their two Stanley Cups there, or two recent Stanley Cups. Um, But yeah, the Bruins last year, just phenomenal regular season, basically just ran through everybody like it was nothing, and then they get to the playoffs, uh, they get up 3-1 against the Panthers, and they can't close it out, and they blow the 3-1 series lead against the Panthers, who barely squeaked into the playoffs, and were playing a lot of meaningful games down the stretch, whereas the Bruins hadn't played a meaningful game in months, so... You know, it didn't work out well for the Bruins. And then years ago, obviously, the Lightning, you know, one of the best. I think at the time it was the best regular season in NHL history. And they get to the playoffs and they lose to the Blue Jackets and they get swept by the Blue Jackets. So the two teams, and maybe there have been others too, but the two teams that really stand out for me as far as like never facing any adversity through a whole regular season – It ended disastrously for both teams in the first round of the playoffs. And that's no guarantee. Look, if a team wins the President's Trophy this year and uh, cruises to all these wins and doesn't face adversity, doesn't mean they can't possibly go far in the playoffs. But you look at these two recent examples, it kind of suggests that maybe some adversity every now and then is a good thing. You know how we are on this podcast. We try to be glass half full. And I do think there are better days ahead for the Rangers. I can't wait to see this team back at full strength. I can't wait for Mika to get back out there. I know some people when I say this might roll their eyes a little bit, I can't wait for Capo Caco to get back out there. He's going to help them defensively at the very least. And with the lack of scoring depth that the Rangers clearly have right now, uh, he should be able to help there as well. He's going to do better than three points every 20 games the rest of the season whenever he does get back into the lineup. So uh, it'd be great to see those two back. We'll see uh, if if Filipino can ever make it back or uh, if the Rangers maybe trade for somebody. That remains to be seen, but... Um, yeah, that's kind of where things stand right now. The Rangers are going through it for the first time this season. And obviously the hope is that in the long run, um, you know, they are better for it. Uh, the only other thing, one of a couple other things I want to mention here real quick, who ended up uh, with a goal and two assists in this game. And if you're surprised by that, then you must be new around here. Uh, that was pretty much inevitable that that was going to happen. grant his goal was the empty netter, but still, uh, he was all over the ice in this game and obviously making plays against his former team. Uh, I'm also wondering if maybe it's time to shake up the defense pairings. That's something we'll give the Rangers the weekend here. We'll, we'll let them play the caps, these two games against the caps, and then we'll kind of reassess on here. Maybe you shake up the defense pairings a little bit. Maybe that helps defend against some of these rushes. Uh, we will see there. Um, and then the other thing I want to mention, we've had a couple of you guys respond to this already. Obviously the Rangers, it's a storyline throughout the season. It's been a storyline on this podcast. They are struggling at defending or just playing well on the goal that, or the shift that follows after a goal. We've long since established that. And I'm kind of calling for you guys. I've heard from a couple of you already. If you want to vent about that problem for the Rangers, if you have a suggestion for that problem for the Rangers, whatever it might be, whatever's on your mind, go ahead and uh, send me an audio file. And eventually I'm going to play all of these in, in, in the same episode of Locked On Rangers. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Should be a lot of fun. And like I said, thanks to those of you who have already uh, sent that in. So anyway, Let's go ahead and uh, call it there. If you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOn, nyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Once again, that's at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.